Good morning and welcome to Savage Investor Kingdom. It's your host, Savage Investor Leo. My co-host Joseph going to be here this morning. He has personal things to take care of. So we're just going to get right into the morning call real quick and then talk about a couple things. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of news for you. Uh, it's really just not a whole lot. But but we will talk about what's happening right now. And the first thing you want to make sure you understand is Warren Buffett is a genius, Right. We, we we don't really understand how he became the way he was. I mean, we kind of do, right? He, he, he had different quotes, uh, especially back then to now talking about be greedy when others are fearful and uh, be fearful when others was, you know, others are greedy. But right now, it doesn't even seem like that's a that's a factor. Right now, he's been a, he's been spending the whole year. He's been upgrading positions. Uh, I believe he, he upgraded his position at Hewlett Packard, Apple, Oxy. We just uh, spoke about yesterday, but news just came out again today that Berkshire Hathaway has increased their position in Oxy. So he bought a couple hundred thousand shares of Oxy, and now his position is adding up to almost 16% in the company. Now, when I was telling you already, like this. Let's not even just talk about just the dividends. We're talking about percentage-wise. He has almost a like a nice share count in Oxy, right? He has a nice hold when it comes to uh, things that they're gonna do and voting rights and stuff like that. Sixteen percent. He's almost at a quarter of the company, and if he keeps increasing these next couple months, which I expect them to kind of do it, especially if uh, energy and oil, those sectors kind of cool off because they've been running hot since uh, September. If he does it, I mean, if they don't cap him, because I haven't I haven't looked at the uh, the uh, laws for Oxy yet. If they don't cap him at a specific thing, we might see Berkshire Hathaway owning Occidental <laughs> just just off rip like. He's been he's been aggressively buying shares. And with the share price coming down after the uh, sector rotation, that could be something to watch. Right. So always, always, always pay attention to big money. Uh, And that news came out today. So these these next six months from July to December, if we see him buying up more shares of Occidental, we know what's up. Next, home price increases slow for the first time in months in April, says S&P Case Schiller. Prices rose 20.4% nationally in April, compared with the same month a year ago, according to S&P CoreLogic Case Schiller Index. In March, home prices grew 20.6%. The last slight declaration was in November of last year. And a change from the last five months, when most of the 20 cities saw month-to-month price gains, only nine cities saw prices rise faster in April than they had done in March. So hopefully with this being said, we're starting to see uh, a slowdown in demand for houses, which could potentially shake the housing market up in the next six months to a year. Um, With this being said, we still have the average mortgage rates over 6%, which aren't the highest that we've seen, right? In the 80s, it was it was ridiculous. Like this, times like this, 
I try to tell people because I, I once I once you start doing the research and stuff like that, you see that these times aren't super crazy, but it still is wild because now this is like with me, this is my first time actually experiencing like high inflation and stuff like that, and actually knowing what was going on and you know stuff like that. Because in the eighties I wasn't born. In the eighties they had they had a, a period of inflation where it was like thirteen percent. I didn't experience that. I did the research on it, but that has nothing to do with actually feeling and experience everything that was going on. So you got interest rates at like 13%, mortgage rates over 12.5%, stuff like that. It's crazy. So that just makes, you know, makes it a little bit better to understand that, yeah, we are in crazy times, uh, possibly a recession and stuff like that. Even uh, Kathy Woods, that's one thing, that's the next thing I'll get into, but these these aren't the worst of times yet right could we could we get worse possibly we don't know where the bottom is we won't know where the bottom was until we get out as everything is going on right now we won't see and understand where the bottom was until like i said once you're out of it once we're out of the bear market once we're out of everything, uh, once they get inflation under control and stuff like that, then we can look back and say, okay, this part right here, this was the bottom. This is where we were hurting the most, you know, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. But with that being said, ARK Invest Kathy Wood says the U.S. is already in a recession. So if you don't know Kathy Wood, Kathy Wood blew up uh, on a scene probably the last four years uh, because she was pretty much aggressive with uh, for all of all of her growth stocks, her ARK fund, her ARK Invest fund. Uh, yeah, she just got really big with uh, her Tesla calls. She's been, she's been a Tesla bull for the entire time, for the most part. She has the, the things she's called out for Tesla have hit, which a lot of members on Wall Street don't look like they like because they've been attacking Kathy Woods like for the past year and a half now. So any any position that she's in right now, especially in this environment, looks like a bad idea because she deals with a lot of innovation and growth. And we know those are the first ones to get smacked when it comes to uh, high interest rates and stuff like that. The Nasdaq Nasdaq has been trailing way harder than uh, the S&P 500 or Dow. So the, uh, the Nasdaq is full of like tech names, growth names, no growth plays and stuff like that. And that's what she focuses on. So she has like Square, Teladoc, uh, Tesla, uh, and a bunch of different other growth companies, right? But with that being said, we've seen her her fund go from like 120, 130 bucks down to like $40. She's she's been aggressively buying and I think she trimmed her position now to I think around like 39 positions. But yeah, they they, they definitely didn't like as she was. She has a, a strong bull case for Tesla. I want to say at $7,000 in the next two years with a, she's had, she had a crazy high at 15,000. And if you think about it, her first call for Tesla to be a $3,000 stock uh, came true, right? Tesla had that nice run up split at 2,500, um, and then continued on. So if you adjust it for split, it reached the price that she had already had for it. 
if it continues to do it, because in the EV market, we haven't even we haven't even reached potential at all. I think EV EV cars make up one percent of all the cars on the road right now. They don't even make up 10 to 15 percent. So it's still a lot of room for growth. So these next couple years, we'll see how Kathy Woods performs. But uh, as of today, she says she thinks the U.S. is already in a recession. So Tuesday, Kathy Woods says that the U.S. is already an economic downturn. And she admitted that she underestimated the severity and lasting power of inflation. Quote unquote, we think we are in a recession, Woods said on CNBC's Squawk Box Tuesday. We think a big problem out there is inventories, the increase of which I've never seen this large in my career. And I've been around for 45 years. Now, that's interesting that she says that because that is something that we've been talking about um, on the podcast for the past couple months, especially after earnings and stuff like that with like Walmart, uh, Target, Costco. Uh, Nike just had earnings yesterday and they beat, but they did have higher inventory and stuff like that, too. Uh, and that's why Nike fell like 3% in the uh, after, after hours. So they have they had their first earnings. What was it? First sales decline in seven quarters, uh, higher inventory. And a lot of that stuff was en route. They couldn't even meet demand because some of their stuff was still coming. Uh, we've seen Target with a bunch of bunch of inventory still they need to get rid of which is why target is having target day uh in july we we've seen a bunch of a bunch of supply chain issues but this is stuff that we had going on the whole time but more from her she says innovation focused investors said inflation has turned out to be hotter than she expected due to uh, supply chain disruptions and geopolitical risk we were wrong on one thing and that's been inflation being as sustained as it has been was said supply chain can't believe it's taken more than two years and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Of course, we couldn't have seen that. Inflation has been a bigger problem, but it has set up for deflation. Inflation measured by the Consumer Price Index rose 8.6% in May from a year ago, the fastest increase since December 1981. Woods said uh, consumers are feeling the rapid price increases reflected in sentiment data that's fallen to record lows. She pointed to the University of Michigan surveys of consumers, which showed a reading of 50 in June, the lowest level ever. The popular investor has had a tough 2022 as her disruptive technology darlings have been amongst the biggest losers this this year in the face of rising interest rates. Her flagship active fund, ARK Innovation ETF, ARK-K, is down a whopping 52% to date, falling 66% from its record high set in February of 2021. But Woods said her clients are mostly sticking with her and new money is coming in as investors seek diversification in the down market. RK has more than $180 million in inflows in June, according to FactSheet. Uh, quote unquote, I think the inflows are happening because our clients have been diversifying away from broad based benchmarks like the NASDAQ 100. We are dedicated completely to disruptive innovation and innovation solves problems. Now, that right there i appreciate kathy woods and she's she the fund is extremely transparent uh and if you go to arc arc innovation uh their website you can see what they buy and sell you can you can they're, they're active the actively managed fund 
right if her if some movers and stuff like that she knows she doesn't like how they're doing she'll trim positions she'll add to them and stuff like that but they are fully they're pretty much fully transparent uh if you want to do that you can go to their website and find out it's not sponsored everything else blah blah blah. but just have to give you the update all right so with that being said that's it i have for new i mean it's it's not a whole lot of news has come out today it was decent little things but things we could just talk about. I think DraftKings was one of the other things that I was going to talk about. DraftKings received a bullish upgrade, uh, and I think it was a 80% or 100% possible uh, rise. And with that being said, for DraftKings and stuff like that, yes, do I think it'll outperform um, these next two years? Possibly. They have a lot of debt, though. Um, it's it's one of those companies that we I expect to do better than it is right now, just because of the climate we're in. But at the same time, I do expect sports betting and stuff like that to grow. But we'll see. Uh, if you want to, you could check check out the upgrades on stocks and stuff like that uh, and see what JP Morgan and Citigroup and stuff uh, recommends as far as a buy sell or you know outperform and stuff like that. But the thing I want to talk about, I was on the phone yesterday with my grandma and my aunt and you know we were talking about a couple of things and it seems that we we know what we want to do financially right we all have our own individual goals and it depends on who taught you and how you learned certain things right that determine your outlook on everything uh we were just talking about at one time talking about like credit and stuff like that and we don't talk about it much on here because we try to just give you the news and stuff like that. But we are, like I said yesterday, we are expanding with more things. Uh, we're going to make it more than just news in the morning for stocks. Uh, just financial literacy and stuff like that, which I'll provide more interviews and uh, get more involved in everything like that with bringing that to you guys. But when it comes to it, uh, we were talking about credit yesterday and... It was funny. It was funny how we could see the different generations, their thought process when it comes to credit. So let's just say that's that's three different generations. It was me. Uh, I'll be the, I'll be the, the youngest generation. My aunt was the mid, and my grandmother is the older generation, right? So when it comes to how credit cards and stuff are looked at, it was there's a a break in the thought process with it. So if you don't know the history of credit cards and stuff like that, and I won't get too deep. A lot of reasons the older generation has this negative connotation or bad stigma with credit cards was because when they, they were around pretty much when credit cards were being made, like I think credit cards were made in like the first one was 1958. And then around that time, uh, Bank AmeriCard was sending out a bunch of activated cards right? These are just, just imagine you didn't ask for a credit card, didn't apply for one, didn't do anything. But next thing you know, you have this car coming up, uh, coming in the mail, $500, dollars or whatever it was activated, fully activated. Didn't have to do anything for it. Didn't understand how everything worked, but at the same time, this is money available to you. Well, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it was people that was getting these credit cards and stuff and using them and Bank America expected, I want to say like 4%. They expected 4% the default. And that ended up being like 
right? You had a bunch of people that had no idea what to do with these these charge cards and stuff like that. They didn't know they had to pay them off uh, every month and, and stuff like that. So now all of a sudden, these laws and stuff are being made, the Fair Credit Act and stuff like that in 1970 and above. And the older generation is the ones that's like, they they hear all these bad things about it. So of course you don't want to pass that down to the generation below you because now you are they've already gotten rid of the whole idea of credit cards being good. Move on to the next generation, the generation after that, they're still revising credit cards and stuff. They're still like everything is still being created. I think the 1970s, 1980s it start it started to get a little more advanced. Uh, and then obviously 2000 to 2022, uh, we are in, we're in times right now where credit cards are not being phased out. But we have firms like uh, Affirm, Upstart, Lendingtree, uh, SoFi, and stuff like that that have like digital cards and and stuff like that. So it comes to what I was saying, honestly, that the negative stigma that was passed down from the older generation to the mid to now the new generation is so different. And we were talking about people we listen to and she, my aunt, uh, which would be the middle generation in this one already she she understands that credit was good right not necessarily that the credit card had to be used but she understood that having good credit was big let's just put it like that it was something you're gonna need um you're gonna need to learn later on and my grandma i think always had good credit because she paid her bills and everything on time just necessarily didn't care for you know credit cards and stuff like that when it comes to it now, it was it was so much it was so much different because we were talking about uh, Dave Ramsey and you can have your your personal personal thought process with it. Obviously, I'm not trying to lean anybody against or to uh, Dave Ramsey, but if you listen to Dave Ramsey's thought process with these credit cards, you would think that a credit card was literally the devil. All right, he doesn't want you to have one at all. You don't need it and it's not that's just it's, it's just not reasonable right especially with the amount of protection and stuff you get with credit cards if you use your credit card like a debit card and are disciplined then it's nothing but benefit you know you, you're building credit you are utilizing the points rewards that they're getting like you can get cash back you can get miles you get uh points for a bunch of different things you can earn up. It's just, it's, it's so much that you could do with the credit card and stuff right now. And plus when you're using your credit card, that's the bank's money. The bank wants to protect their money at all times. Use a debit card, it's your money. Yes, you have some protection, but they don't care as much because it's it's not their money. You see what I'm saying? So it was just, it was just interesting to see that. Um, we might I might bring some people on to talk about uh, credit and stuff like that too. Uh, just because we about to, like I said, we're, we're about to expand. Uh, this is almost about to be episode 40. I think we're on 38 right now. This is episode 38. Almost on 40 and 50 episodes strong on the podcast. So at that point, the consistency has been uh, been there. And I want to make sure that I'm providing as much as I can for you guys. Uh, especially if I have others that that are willing to come on and you know, share some insight on financial literacy and making sure that everybody understands uh, how credit is utilized in the world, uh, how being debt free is amazing, how the stock market could 
be a nice wealth transfer, how real estate, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of different ways that we about to make this, this, this podcast jump. So, uh, just stay tuned for that. I wanted to talk about that for a little second because I thought it was interesting yesterday. Um, but yeah, I want to ramble on too much. The market is looking pretty good right now. Uh, stocks opened in the green. We might still be in a bear market rally. We don't know. July, July we'll find out. They're thinking another 50 to 75 basis points. So it could just be baked in the market already. We'll, we'll see what's going on. If inflation gets tapered, then we could start possibly looking at uh, a nice rally to the upside. When the war in Ukraine is actually closed, supply chain supply chain uh, problems start getting handled and solved and a lot more inventory is not on people's books. And once all this stuff starts to settle down, we should see a nice rally to the upside. So don't let fear keep you on the sidelines. Research the companies you want to do. Make sure you have a good trading day today. I will get back with you guys tomorrow.